2: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
1: We're getting entries on the Trailer Wheel and Frame text page for other people. Comparing days that were good days for the Texans to the potential hire of D'Amico Ryan's, do I dare read these with the idea that they might jinx the hire of D'Amico Ryan's, or are we too strong for that now? Are we? Like, oh
3: no, no, we're just yeah, we're just evaluating the past more so than anything.
1: Someone said this. I don't know that I agree with this. If we're comparing it to hiring D'Amico Ryan's, I'm not saying it was an unpopular move, but I don't think it was on the level of D'Amico, which is this is six six five five on the trailer wheel and frame text page. Wade Phillips' hire was wildly popular. Um, this is what I'll say about the people like. People, was it wildly popular
3: at the time or in hindsight? Well, I think
1: the hire of Wade Phillips himself was a popular move. I think people yeah. like Wade Phillips. I think what people need to remember is that the alternative was firing Gary Kubiak, which a lot of people wanted at the time. Yeah. You, you keep in mind, they were coming off a season where they were supposed to go to the playoffs for the first time ever in their history, and they went 6-10, and 10, and a big part of it was the defense that Gary Kubiak thought it would, would be a good idea to have Frank Bush be the coordinator of. Yeah. So there was some impatience there. I, I think Wade's hire itself was popular, but I think there was too much swirling around the team at the time for it to be max popular like I, this.
3: Yeah, I don't think that people trusted that it was going to be the thing that really changed the fortunes of the team. Yes. Especially when you couple with that, that at that, that year um, they, Yannick Ngakwe was the, the free agent that everybody wanted.
1: No, no, no. And Nam de Namdi
3: Nam de yeah. Damn it. Namdi Asama and/or Joseph Asai, I'm not sure. Or Mustafa. was the uh, was the was the free agent that everybody wanted, and instead the Texans got Daniel Manning and uh, Glover Quinn, which ended up being Jonathan Joseph. No, damn it, son of a bit! What did I say?
1: Glover Quinn.
3: No, what was the first one I said? Daniel Manning oh, Dan- was right. I said Daniel yeah. Manning and yeah, Jonathan yeah, Joseph. You okay. got that right. Yeah, yeah. I'm done.
1: Daniel Manning and Jonathan Joseph. It
3: all went south with the the Mufasa thing. Today. This is Ross
1: Tucker's fault. It is.
3: Gotta say, yeah.
1: Um Okay, the it all one,
3: went wrong when we made fun of Romo. Now the now the Romo gods have come after. They us. have, they have. Like we're going to do. Tell this, me that that guy doesn't have a voodoo doll. We're going to
1: do the same thing to your brain that we did to Romo's. Um, this is one that we're getting quite a bit, both on Twitter. Michael, our friend Michael Beckman, tweeted it at us, and a few texts on the trailer wheel and frame text page. The drafting of Deshaun Watson. As far oh, as oh
3: yeah. Yeah, that was a happy. We day.
1: forget that there was a time we felt good about that.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good one. People yeah. were pretty stoked about that. Yeah, boy, you couldn't have you couldn't have gone wrong with that one, really.
1: No, I mean, no, we were set up for years and years and years to come. <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay, now, okay, just like I say, the, hey, going after Osweiler at the very least led to the drafting of Deshaun. Yeah, uh, Deshaun's demand for a trade. And everything else that went along with it ultimately led to attracting D'Amico Ryan <laughs> into this spot. Look at all these draft picks, eh? And uh, maybe ultimately, if they win with D'Amico Ryan's, then we really have Brock Osweiler to credit for all of this. Oh,
1: God, are we okay? So, are we going to be able? I guess if they, if they get further than they've ever gotten before as a franchise with D'Amico as a head coach. Do we look back at these last three years? as like, hey, man, we had to go through that, but boy, it was worth it in the end. I mean, these last three years have been painful.
3: You do. You appreciate it more if there's a tough initiation. That is true. That's why you give the pledges pink bellies and make them funnel beers. That's yeah. right.
1: That's right, because someday they'll appreciate it. All right, I'm, I'm with that. Um, we got a text here. Uh, I think Lamont texted in. Did I hear correct that the that, – Travis Kelsey called the Cincinnati mayor a jabroni. (laughs) He he did. Yeah. Do you you want to hear it, audience? We've got that. Then pull up Kelsey, and then – because I just want to play that. That's a quick hit. Here's Travis Kelsey calling the Cincinnati mayor in the postgame yesterday, screams into the microphone up on the stage, calls him a jabroni, drops the rock on him here.
3: Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni.
1: Okay. So that was Travis Kelsey channeling The Rock. If For those wondering, because not a lot of people, I mean, if you're on Twitter, you probably saw it. The Cincinnati mayor, I got to go find his name, did a proclamation last week in which he declared Arrowhead Stadium, Burrowhead Stadium. He made jokes about Joe Burrow being Patrick Mahomes' daddy. Here was the proclamation from the Cincinnati mayor. Good afternoon, Cincinnati. I have a proclamation from the desk of the mayor be it proclaimed, whereas the Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Burrowhead Stadium for their second consecutive AFC Championship game. Whereas at last year's game, the Bengals scored more points than the Chiefs, resulting in a Bengals victory and a Chiefs loss. Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, who's 3-0 and against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test to confirming whether or not he's his father. Whereas all season long, Cincinnati has been on a path of destiny, fighting it out to overcome anyone who stands between them and a Super Bowl win. And whereas Kansas City is named after its neighboring state, which is, you know, just kind of weird. Now, therefore, I, Aftab Pierval, mayor of the city of Cincinnati, do hereby proclaim January 29th, 2023, as They Gotta Play Us Day in
0: Cincinnati. Thank you. Hey, I got some
3: wise words for that Cincinnati mayor.
1: Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni.
3: <laughs> I feel like the mayor might lose in the next election just because of that. Oh, he jinxed
1: them. Yeah, the bold note. Well, no, he didn't.
3: He didn't jinx them. It's just people. It's just a bad look for the city of Cincinnati. Yeah, and people don't want to vote for for mayors who give their city a bad look. He gets a he gets a D plus for delivery. Uh, like, because there there are actually some good lines in there that he just botched by just reading from the reading from the paper down in front of him that he was looking down at like every 0.5 seconds but I'll yeah. say
1: this okay I'm gonna take up for old Aftab Purval here that's the yeah. name of the mayor um isn't that kind of the way you're supposed to read a proclamation isn't it kind of supposed to be sort of a sterile reading of a like well but i I like to think of reading it off of a scroll yeah. in front of you like uh, well I think you're allowed to take
3: creative license when it's a fake reading. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And also in like, instead of saying whether Patrick Mahomes is your father uh, or whether Joe Burrow is your father, they should have said daddy. It didn't, uh, it lost some of the, the punch there by saying father, um, the Kansas city, Being named after a neighboring state was a, that was a good line. Yeah. But I feel like he just kind of moved right past it. I'm not sure he actually read this script before he picked it up. Right. That was the problem.
1: Right. You think it was written for him, maybe? All the
3: whereases, too. Yes, again, like, okay, you're making that more accurate. This, uh, this came off like a joke that lawyers would appreciate, but it's just (laughs) clunky when us, when us idiots and politicians. uh, yeah, Yeah, sorry, the electorate. Sorry, the people that pay your, pay your, pay your salary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for
1: those, um, for those who are wondering, okay, who was Travis Kelsey channeling right there? Play Kelsey one more time, Ben. When he, he uh, Hey, I got some wise
3: words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, okay, he, you
1: was, he was channeling old school Dwayne The Rock Johnson.
3: After three boring minutes, The Rock says, Know your role and
1: shut your mouth. Boy, old school Rock was so good. Um, now he's the owner of the XFL. Is Travis Kelsey on his way to the XFL? Was that, the, was that his way of telling us that he's going to be playing in the XFL? Channeling the Rock, the owner of the XFL. All right. So, yes, he did. Yes, Travis Kelsey did talk trash to the Cincinnati mayor, and I would say deservedly so. Mayor had it coming to him. All right. Uh, so we've got our Super Bowl. It's since, it's uh, Kansas City and uh, Philadelphia. We'll talk more about that as we roll on with the, uh, with the show here. D'Amico Ryans. What would, if D'Amico Ryans gets hired by the Texans, what could the staff look like here? Some legit names that could enter the mix. I think on the offensive side of the ball is where people are probably most concerned. Um, We'll get to that next.
2: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Sports Radio Six Ten presents Pain and Pendergast. All right,
1: this is a fair request from the um, Trailer Wheel and Frame text page. Trailer wheel and frame. This is from zero zero one four. I think we can make this promise, Seth. At least for this show, I don't want to tell the other shows how to do their thing. Zero zero one four says, "Please, no breaking news sounders unless it's to tell us D'Amico is hired. I can't handle that."
3: Yeah. uh, We try to be careful with that ever since – well, really – for a year and a half while the whole Deshaun Watson stuff was going on, I think we had to be more careful with breaking news. Yeah. Like, I, I tried not to do any more of the joking. I think one time we – there was, like, a time where we did a breaking news so I could announce that Kevin Stefanski was a handsome man. And um, that was – the people weren't happy about yeah, that. Yeah, that didn't go over yeah. as
1: well. It was funny, I thought. but uh, yeah, could... People
3: are afraid to, like, like – Mostly it's guys who are insecure hey. about saying that other men are attractive. Like, I don't know what your deal is or why you're insecure about that. I but, thought yeah. it was
1: real funny, but I knew the joke that was coming. So that's, yeah. uh, I didn't, I wasn't sitting in my car going, Oh, 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 Oh,
3: yeah, 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 um, yeah, 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 yeah. People damn, were upset
1: damn. about um, All right. So yeah, I think that, I think that's a fair request. This is that big, the hiring of D'Amico Ryans on this show, 6am to 10am. We will not play the breaking news sounder until it is D'Amico Ryans is hired. um Or at least the Houston Texans breaking news sounder. <laughs> So that'll be our compromise. Um, A lot of people on here, Seth, asking, "Do you have any idea?" I'll just use nine three zero one as the example. Do we have any idea who the coordinators would be that D'Amico Ryan's would be bringing? I think the the offensive side of the ball is where people are. I think that's what most people are concerned with because D'Amico, you know, the the defense will certainly have D'Amico's twist on it, but offensively. I know you were scouring for some names over the weekend. What do you got on your shopping um, list here?
3: Yeah, I know scu- scouring might be a little bit of an overstatement because I think that um, for one, like usually, like, like a lot of the guys that are going to end up being the really good coordinators or uh, or the the bigger. Ticket items aren't guys who you're intimately aware of because they're good quarterbacks, coaches somewhere, um, or they're you know they're they're just they're good position coaches or passing game coordinators. But there's a couple of the names that that pop up a lot. Clint Kubiak does a lot uh, just because obviously the last name. Um, I don't know if other than the name, he doesn't really have a huge track record to. To make a lot of judgments from. I mean, this is the thing. He was the 2021 Vikings offensive coordinator. And then he was this year's Broncos passing game coordinator. Oh, <laughs> so I, if you're I, like, that's not the strong I feel like Clint Kubiak uh, himself might be like, hey, let me get one more year uh, with somebody other than this year's Russell Wilson uh, as a passing game coordinator before we start throwing my name into the mix.
1: Um, which is wasn't there Kubiak that was on the San Francisco staff this year? I thought. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's another okay. I mean, because which one's the one that interviewed with the Bucks? There's one of them that interviewed with the with the Buccaneers for their Clay OCD. Kubiak. Clay Kubiak. Okay, yeah, he I was mean, the,
3: uh, he was the. Well, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. It's, it's Clay he Kubiak. Was in the, he was the quarterbacks coach for the 49ers this year, so he right. doesn't have coordinating experience. But he was the quarterbacks coach. He was. Um, he was at Strake Jesuit just a couple of years ago. Okay. I was like, like he made the leap. So I didn't know if, is he the one that interviewed with Tampa? Yes. Okay. yes yeah. Um, yeah. I got, so like, that's another, I, I, I have a knee jerk hesitancy to just start bringing back names. People know, Yep, you know, um, so clay and Clint both don't have a ton of experience. Clint has more experience at the coordinator level and clay, just you know, got into the pro game a little while ago. So you'd have uh, I just don't, I don't I don't know if that's the, the move or not. Now if he's a genius or something, then so be it. But I just um, what if, I, I, that's not necessarily my favorite. For
1: what right no I I know I totally get that. Um, yeah. What if what if it brought Gary back into the fold in some way? Uh,
3: again, I don't know. Like, yeah, it, like, do we want it? Does it need to be okay? Mike Shanahan and Gary Kubiak and all the the whole Kubiak clan um, back in. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't really do it for me. If Kubiak is in as a consultant somehow, then I think that's awesome. And a lot of teams. The the thing is, Kubiak, Vic Fangio, like all these older guys that have. Uh, Dom Capers was a consultant with the uh, the Broncos last year. They do it a lot, and they kind of fly under the radar. It wouldn't fly under the radar with the Texans, but as far as just Kubiak being a consultant that i don 't worry about that being nepotism or something um, and uh, you know that being overly relying on sentimentality or anything so having said that it's not that I have anything against either of those Kubiak kids that are men they're men, but they're like forty, but they're men um, i don 't have anything against them i'm just saying i don't like you shouldn't hire them just because they 're Kubiak, sure
1: yeah, that makes sense. Um, Brian Greasy is a name that you had brought up.
3: Brian Greasy was intriguing just because I saw people in Denver talking about him, um and he's been as a, as a potential – oh gosh, I think they were mentioning him as a potential coordinator for one of the assistants that might be brought in. Um, he's been the quarterback's the coach
1: for the Niners this year.
3: Yeah, and uh, the, the article I had read, it said he had 12 years NFL experience, and they framed it like it was coaching experience, and I was trying to figure out how exactly that could have worked with his broadcasting. It, it wasn't. It was his 12 years of NFL playing experience. As far as I can tell – This is his first year coaching in the NFL as a quarterback's coach. It would be – I wouldn't be opposed to him being a a, a coordinator for the first time um, but having very little experience just because of his time as a quarterback's coach. And if I found out that he'd actually really been preparing for it somehow – or excuse me, his time as an actual quarterback in the NFL – yeah. it, it it would be again. It would be a whole lot of inexperience for a head coach that doesn't have a ton of experience either. That's where I start to get a little bit. That's nervous. what I wanted
1: to ask you. Like for yeah. something like that, I mean, and I know there's no definitive answer to it, but like in general, like twelve years of playing quarterback in the NFL, that means something to me. But I'm a layperson yeah. watching from the outside. Like if yeah, he,
3: yeah, I, the the actual play calling is something that you just don't know until the guy actually really does it. it. Obviously, yep. every every guy that gets elevated to it. Um, has never done it before usually right. in the NFL, especially in high school, high school coaches and college coaches get to do it in bits and pieces here and there uh, in the NFL. You really don't, unless, unless, you know, they got an opportunity to do it during the preseason mm-hmm. um, at some point, but I didn't see anything about Brian greasy, like getting the, the reins for the third preseason game or anything like that. The other big question I had about the, the offensive coordinator search is, and you brought this up earlier is, do they go with somebody out of the Kubiak-Shanahan tree or is it more wide open than that? And if so, how would people feel about, like, Nick Kelly is the tight ends coach for the Patriots and he's been mentioned in a few different circles. What if, what if Casario helped bring a Patriots coach down here? Is that something that, because D'Amico's the head coach, would people be, have a little bit more tolerance for a Patriots South type of thing? A little, a little. <laughs> the keyword yeah. is the keyword is a little. I, I think in yeah. general
1: people wouldn't like it. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think they would be. I think people want to get as far away from the Patriot stuff as they can. We I think do not people
3: consider fe- ourselves the Patriots side Yeah,
1: I think the, I think people want to feel like this is a true dawning of a new day. I think people are generally ready for Nick Casario to partner up with D'Amico Ryan's. You know, yeah. I know there's been a lot of people looking for Nick's head for the last few months. Like, oh, you're firing Lovey and you fired Cully. Why not Casario? Why is he getting to hire a third coach? We don't need to rehash that. People know how we feel about that. Um I I I think that D'Amico, and especially once you see D'Amico and Nick sitting up there at the stage together with each other, with the with the optics of them working together, I think people will be in favor of that. Now, to be clear, the target will have shifted if this doesn't work. Like I don't if this doesn't work, it's not gonna be D'Amico who gets let go. It it the target's on Nick now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that that's who the pressure is on now to get a quarterback, make sure you get these first round picks right, especially after the first two that you did this past year are not trending in a great direction right now. I think they're salvageable, but it wasn't a great year for Stingley and Kenyon Green for different reasons. He's gotta get these picks right. And I think he knows yeah. that. I mean he said you know, he's said it five times on our show when he was on with us last time.
3: Uh, somebody else mentioned Mike Munchak. Now, Mike Munchak is a guy that I would tab as hopefully, potentially an offensive line coach. Munchak has been – it feels like he has family in Denver, so he was the offensive line coach in Denver for a bit, and it felt like it, it, he said it was important for him to be out there with family. I know that his family circumstances may have changed a bit, and uh, th- he's always tossed into the ring as a guy that might want to go back to Pittsburgh because he was in Pittsburgh and very successful there. Um, he's had, there have been windows before where perhaps they could have hired Munchak and they didn't. Uh, So I have no clue if he'd be open to it or not, but I would freaking love it if he did because i like, and that would have zero sentimentality about like, I personally, I don't care that he played for the Oilers. I just played against his offensive lines. And as a coach, he, his offensive lines were the best. Coach, best coached units I would go against year mm. after year. Um, they were very, very, very well coached. Uh, as far as Mike Munchak as the offensive coordinator, I wouldn't be... I don't think he would be as open to that, and I I, I wouldn't be as thrilled with it. I think his, his best work is as an offensive line coach itself.
1: We've had a few people suggest on the Trailer Wheel and Frame text page uh, Eric Biennemi as the offensive coordinator. We should mention this. Biennemi reportedly is being requested for offensive coordinator openings with the Ravens, the Titans I saw. There was one other opening that I saw with the idea with people wondering, okay, why would bien Enemy do that? He's already an OC in Kansas City. He would want to go somewhere where he could be the play caller. That's That's been one of the, I don't want to say criticisms, yeah. but that's in one of the areas of trepidation for teams. They're not ready to credit bien with all of Patrick Mahomes' success because it's Andy Reid who is – At the very least, super involved in the play calling there.
3: Yeah, and um, and he's not under contract. Uh, Like that's been kind of a or he signed a he either he's not under contract or he signed a weird deal with an out or something. Um, It's just that it hasn't. They haven't painted the best picture. There's just been rumblings and rumors for the last couple of years that not everything is just awesome there um, with Eric Bienemy. And uh, like other than that, I have no idea exactly why. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, obviously something that D'Amico might consider.
1: Yeah, that's the Commanders are the other one Here is This is Ian Rappaport right. tweeting this yesterday morning. Uh, the Commanders have yet to hire an OC, and one reason why they've requested permission to interview Eric Bienemey. And he's emerged as a potential key candidate. He also was requested by the Jets, the Titans, and the Ravens for their OC jobs. Of course, the Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett late last week. So, yeah. so it sounds like he's still under contract, but the the Chiefs are open to entertaining the idea of let him go, spread his wings somewhere else. Um, so, yeah, Eric Bieniemy, though, would be interesting. Do you think people would be cool with an Eric Bieniemy OC hire here, Seth? You think the reaction? Yeah, I would think
3: be? So. Yeah, no. Again, I think they're going to be cool with anybody at first. That's yeah. a, the OC hire. Um, I don't. I don't think that. I like if you try to. If you try to pin down popular OC hires and DC hires versus anything else, it's even more erratic than whether a head coach is hired or not. Because you're always, uh, unless it's a guy who's done it before and then he got elevated to a head coach position and now he's back in the mix. It's almost always an elevation of somebody or you're grabbing somebody from uh, a recently fired staff. Yeah, and it's uh, like it's just not as there's like there's maybe like four guys out there that you can say, oh yeah, that guy's just definitely a really good coordinator and it's all him like these like Wade Phillips is a guy that when you hire him as a coordinator, it, it almost always yields at least a couple good years of – really good years of defense um, if he has the right talent around him. And I, I just don't – there's not necessarily that rock-solid, oh, 100%, this is the guy choice right now. Kellen... So, yes, I think people, people would be excited about Eric Bieniemy. And but then it's a big waiting game because, you know, guys like Nagy um, and others have kind of screwed it up for the the Andy Reid glow that you get when you go somewhere else.
1: Yeah, we should mention Kellen Moore got let go by the Cowboys over the weekend as well. That's another – Pretty accomplished offensive coordinator who's who's out there on the market.
3: He's pretty accomplished. yeah, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I he mean accomplished. Yeah. He's had some good offenses.
3: Yeah. I'll go yeah look I mean it up. he's being replaced by Mike McCarthy.
1: Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of sacrificial lambs right now in Dallas. <laughs> they're they're letting a yeah. lot of people go. Uh all right, I'll look it up during the break. I think I I feel like he's had pretty good success there. Um maybe I'm wrong. Uh Joe Kelly. We can all agree that we hate Joe Kelly, right? Reliever, pitcher, former pitcher for the Dodgers. Uh, I forget who he's with now. Joe Kelly. Um, He took a run run at the Astros. His fake tough guy act was on display on a podcast this weekend when it comes to the Astros. If you're up for hating Joe Kelly all over again, stay tuned. You will not want to miss this next segment.
2: Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. I get a lot of
1: good questions about the D'Amico Ryan's hire, if and when it happens, his staff. We'll get to those in just a second. Um, We're only a couple weeks away from pitchers and catchers. The Astros are almost back in our lives here. They hired a GM last week, and now it's time to start to ramp up the appropriate amount of hatred for people who we've hated for a long, long time, like uh, reliever Joe Kelly. Who is as Joe over, Kelly of the White Sox? Joe Kelly of the Chicago oh. White Sox, yes. Hmm. Who we remember hating him really badly when he was with the Los Angeles Dodgers, correct? I
3: know he played for the Dodgers because there's a mural of him in Los Angeles. That's where uh, so they like to commemorate their wild relievers mm-hmm. uh, in Los Angeles with, with murals, apparently. Yep. Yeah.
1: Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, when the when the hatred for the Astros was at its peak was in 2020. During the uh, the shortened COVID season, where all the postseason yeah. stuff was being handled in a in a bubble, and it was being played in neutral sites and all that stuff, that was a, it feels like a fever dream at this point. But that happened back in 2020, and Joe Kelly was with the Dodgers, who would eventually go on to win a very tainted World Championship that year because of the short season. The Astros didn't get to the World Series; they lost in Game Seven of the ALCS. But had they gotten to the World Series, they would have stayed at a hotel I believe the same hotel as the Dodgers you know because oh, they're in, a, in the bubble they're in a bubble at that point. yeah right yeah um Joe Kelly was on the Dodger talk podcast last week and was asked about the notion that he would be waiting in the lobby of the hotel
3: because yeah he wrote Astros. in his book he's got a book coming out does and he, he wrote really? in the in the book that like it opens up with that that he was going to wait in the lobby of the hotel right. for the Astros. Yeah, uh, but the but MLB stepped in. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Here's here's what the interview sounded like last week.
3: You know, there's a part about where you know if the Astros would have won and, and we would have played in the World Series. Yeah. and um, MLB was kind of panicking and, and trying to figure out what to do.
1: Were you really uh, in the book?
3: Astros you, staying in the same hotel.
1: Yeah, you wrote in the book that you would have waited for the Astros to come through the lobby of the bubble hotel. Would you really have done that?
3: One hundred percent. I would have. My wife knows that. She could vouch for me, you know. <laughs> uh, we had twins at the time and she said, Okay, you could do what you want to do <laughs> And uh, you know, there's a part where, you know, MLB tried to go behind my back while I was practicing, you know, at the field, you know, try to have a conversation with my wife saying, Hey Fiasco's win, you need to tell your husband pretty much to, to send her down and not do anything And, you know, she basically flat out laughs at him and say, <laughs> good luck. You know, I can't even do that. Um, so <laughs> yeah. there's just these little ticky tacky parts behind the scenes stuff that, you know, people don't know about. I think, you know, that they're going to end up loving. Okay. It's, uh, it's odd to me that Joe Kelly has to continually go back to his wife as the one who's backing up that he's tough. Um, it's, it's, it's really weird because in the moment, Joe Kelly like, had a wall of 20 men between him and Carlos Ooh, yeah. Correa yep. uh, back like, in the incident when wild Joe Kelly, um, threw a wild pitch and then pretended that he was actually throwing at the batter. Then, uh, he, he tried to be a big man that his wife claims that he is by, uh, Trying to retreat to the dugout ASAP. It, it was really weird that, but yet, yeah, but then his wife tweeted out that you guys don't know Joe. You don't know Joe Kelly. He's not going to back down from anybody. And now he himself is saying, "Just ask my wife. She'll tell you I'm super tough. She she totally knows how tough I am."
1: What was he going to do? That, that's my I question. Don't know. Like, yeah, I don't. Know. Like, what was he? Okay, so I would have waited for them in the lobby, and what? Started a fight? Like, unless, unless Joe Kelly, who's all of like a looks like he's about a buck 60. He is skinny unless he's some sort of black belt or jujitsu master that we're not aware of, you know, unless he's got some sort of martial arts background that, that is, you know, that we haven't learned about if he starts a fight. I I mean, I'm, I'm having a hard time picking the Astro that I, in 2020 that I, that I don't think could kick Joe Kelly's ass.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, like, was he going to engage in a lively debate with them? I just, like, I really don't think that he was going to... Was he planning on fighting them, uh, like, starting a... He wanted a confrontation of some sort. It doesn't make any sense, which is why he's full of crap. By the like, way... He's, he's wild Joe Kelly, who, uh, like, honestly, he wasn't even trying to throw at anybody there. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it, and Joe Kelly, deep down inside, knows it. And his wife knows that he's not that tough either. Otherwise, why would she be tough? Talk- if Joe Kelly's wife honestly thought that Joe Kelly was that tough. She would not be trying to trump it up. She would actually be trying to tamp it down a little bit. Guys who are, guys who are successfully married for multiple years who have a violent streak to them. Their their marriage of like it, it, they might be barroom brawlers or something. Yeah. It works because their wives have learned how to tamp down their temper and their anger and keep them away from the bars and keep them out of those fist fights. Do you? This is not. People are watching too much Yellowstone. Joe Kelly and his wife sit and they watch Yellowstone. And she thinks that she's the daughter there. And Joe Kelly thinks he's Rip. And they got this little role-playing thing they do on Tuesday nights, probably. It gets all hot and heavy over at the Kelly household. I don't know why he even mentions that he had twins at the time. That was weird. I mean, yeah, it was really weird. Like, I, he might be lying about that, too. I'm sick of Joe Kelly lying about how tough he is and about his wife being the one that has to back him up on it.
1: Yeah. That's always why I back down from getting into fights in hotels with people because I have twins
3: I don't know what. What are you talking about? Except that wasn't even a. Yeah, he never really explained. I'd like he had. I mean, they did play the. They played the White Sox last year. He had a great. He had a scoreless inning. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure he could have confronted the Astros at some point. Before, during, or after the White Sox game, what was it about the bubble itself? Um, the I don't know. Yeah, don't know. yeah. Not, it had to be then. It had well, to be in the moment, I it, guess. Well,
1: and that that was to what we were talking about earlier. That was when the anger for the Astros was at a fever pitch. Yeah, you know that that was still yeah. You know, and 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 I think there was a lot of baseball that felt like the Astros were getting off light in that their first time back playing baseball. Granted, it was because of a GD ba- uh, pandemic, but still. I think there was a lot of baseball, set That felt like the Astros are getting off easy because their first, their first trip back to playing baseball games was in front yeah. of empty stadiums. Yeah. Uh, back then, I'm looking at the um, I'm looking at Amazon.com about his book. The book mm-hmm. is entitled "A Damn Near Perfect Game: Reclaiming America's Pastime." <laughs> Do you want to hear the description? Feels
3: like he's trying to tap into something. There. Here's, here's the description. Yeah. Here's the description whoa, of the book. Whoa. Is this a, make, a merit, make baseball great again? Dude, book? dude, that...
1: it, may, it may as well be. Do you want to take a listen yeah. to the description of this book? Yeah. Baseball's most outspoken fireballer brings the high heat, <laughs> calling out the hacks, cheats, oh. and ridiculous rules that have tarnished the game <laughs> and pitches A-plus stuff on how to make baseball pure, fun, and damn near perfect. Oh, gosh. Okay, hang on. Baseball has an image problem. The chorus of nonbelievers gets louder every year, and the major leagues have made an art of tuning them out. Enter Joe Kelly. A walking, talking, fastball-throwing embodiment of why baseball matters. He and his all-star team of athletes and celebrities have some things to say about what's gone wrong with our once great game and how to fix it.
3: They've got some things to say, are
1: yeah. Boy, someone thinks pretty highly of himself. America's baseball's most outspoken fireballer brings the high heat. I'll read this book if someone sends it to me for free. I'm not spending money on a Joe Kelly book. No chance. Hardcover twenty eight ninety nine. I'd rather, I'd rather gotta, read the. I'd rather read the coffee bean ten times.
3: I gotta wait till paperback. What we will have to do though is buy the Audible version of it and uh, play Joe Kelly tidbits here and there in <laughs> Joe so, Kelly's voice <laughs> yeah that's uh wait you know what we were doing that for a little while I was taking excerpts from my audio books and usually I would forget to slow them down before I recorded them because I listened at like 1.7 speed mm. and uh and then Ben would have to email him back and like hey Seth <laughs> this is uh this is on 1.7 speed it sounds a little weird
1: uh seventeen ninety nine for the Kindle version of the book hmm. so
3: I don't like Kindle this is what I do usually I'll get an Audible. I'll listen to a book, and if I like it, then I buy the then I buy the actual book so I can refer back to it and everything. I don't think I'm going to be getting the the actual physical version of this book.
1: I don't think I'm getting any version of it. I got stuff to do, the, and they got the picture. Dude, the picture on the cover. Yeah, is that is that face he was making at Korea? Him you know, doing the, the sad face? Lips no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like I think he was yeah. doing it like the crybaby face. You know? Like, yeah. Mm. No, he was
3: doing it for the gram. Yeah. He thought it made it, his lips, his lips look pouty. Yeah. He was in L. A. at the time. <laughs> was he? Okay? Yes, he was self conscious about the fact that all these other the people that know he's tough, like his wife <laughs> and lips. various other fancy people around Los Angeles, probably thought that his lips were not as plump as they could be. So he was in the habit at that time of knowing that if he was going to be photographed, to go ahead and make the the goldfish lips well, here. He's, he's yeah. using
1: it as the cover of his book, Damn Near Perfect Game, by Joe Kelly, noted author. Um, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you. It is a Reaction Monday. D'Amico Ryans, we are on D'Amico watch right now to see um, what happens with that. Is there an interview scheduled? Is he going to be the next Texans head coach? As reports seem to indicate, that's thing. That's the direction things are pointed in right now. The Niners did lose yesterday in fairly convincing fashion, and you knew this was going to happen. What What aspects of yesterday's NFC title game are people overreacting to when it comes to D'Amico Ryans as the next head coach? That is next.
2: you